We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. I'm so, so happy to be spending some time with you here today on Empower Radio. You know, years ago, I got really, really sick. I had a fever of like 104, 105 for a few days. And during this time, I started floating around. I inwardly started to ask some big questions about the purpose of life, why we have to suffer, why is evil allowed to exist? I also asked about the mystery of love. And astonishingly, I received some pretty profound information and answers. And I'm certain this information did not come from my personal conscious thinking mind. After I recovered from this bizarre bug, I immediately went to the library and devoured sacred texts and books about spirituality, out-of-body experiences, and near-death experiences. I actually attributed this virus, or whatever it was, for opening my mind and encouraging me to put both feet on my spiritual path. And today, many years later, I'm so excited that I get to have conversations with people about the big questions, about the purpose of life, spirituality, and much more. And I get to share this with you. Today, we're with a very well-known man who had a near-death experience, and people are listening. Part of why people are so incredibly intrigued and listening so intently is because because he was such a well-respected man of academia and science. His first book, Proof of Heaven, was a New York Times bestseller. He has also been interviewed by Oprah Winfrey on Super Soul Sunday. And now we are so fortunate to have him here with us today on Journey to Center. Dr. Evan Alexander has been a neurosurgeon for the last 25 years, including 15 years at the Brigham and Women's Children's Hospital and Harvard Medical School. During his academic career, he authored and co-authored more than 150 chapters and papers in peer-reviewed journals and made more than 200 presentations at conferences and medical centers around the world. Dr. Alexander spent 55 years honing his scientific worldview until on November 10th in 2008, he lapsed into a coma caused by a rare and mysterious bacterial meningitis. He spent a week in a coma on a ventilator with his prospects of survival minimal. On the seventh day, he woke up with memories of a fantastic odyssey deep into another realm. It is this realm that he recounts in his New York Times bestselling book, Proof of Heaven. Dr. Alexander recently completed another incredible book entitled The Map of Heaven, How Science, Religion, and Ordinary People Are Proving the Afterlife, where he explores humankind's spiritual history and other stories of unexplained phenomenon and near-death experiences. So, Dr. Alexander, thank you for being here with us today on Empower Radio. Well, thank you for having me, Tammy. It's great to be here. I just love having conversations with you. You really are an earth angel and such a blessing. And uh, I just love your wisdom and your magic. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So, you have said one of the biggest mistakes people make when they think about God is to imagine that God is impersonal. I love this because I say all the time, when you look at a sunset, when you see a butterfly or a hummingbird or something beautiful, to take it personally. And I liked reading in your book that you you say that as well. 
Yes, well, I believe that's a very crucial part of this. Um, important for people to understand in this uh, this discussion, it, it's very deeply one about the nature of consciousness itself and the relationship of brain and mind. Um, and as, as I've said, the uh, science that I grew up with, the conventional science that I worshipped before my coma, would very proudly tell you that the physical brain creates consciousness, that there's no such thing, really. They would say that that consciousness is an illusion. Uh, and they would even go so far as to promise you that none of us even have free will, that all of our thoughts and actions are the result of uh, subatomic particles following uh, natural laws. That's what that conventional science would try and tell you. Uh, what I realize now is that that's completely backwards, that in fact the thing that really exists is consciousness, uh, and that in fact all of this universe emerges out of consciousness. I believe that what we call God is the form of that uh, universal consciousness that is in fact our very conscious awareness in these bodies. Uh, we can come to see that in deep meditation, especially with a prolonged practice of deep meditation, uh, we can go uh, deeply into that consciousness and come to realize the full and infinite consciousness of this universe that so many over thousands of years, I believe, have referred to as God or Allah, Brahman, Vishnu, Jehovah, Yahweh. I don't care what words you use. In fact, the uh, dogmatic uh, differences between the religions are very confusing and misleading because I would say at the core, all great uh, all of the great faiths on earth, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, Judaism, um, um, Islam, etc., they all converge towards this oneness uh, of knowing the reality of that God, of that deity. And in fact, I would say that our very uh, conscious awareness is a, a direct extension of that deity. And that's so much a part of what this is all about, is coming to remember uh, and restore the divinity that we all are. I would say that my original Christianity that I grew up with, uh, that the true message of Christianity was one of Christ trying to teach us that we are all Christ-like beings. We're all divine. Um, and, and realizing that this is all part of that, that school, that, that uh, we're here to learn and teach those lessons, but that the fundamental lesson has to do with love. And we're here to remember and teach that we are all that divine, that we have, we are infinitely loved by that divine creator. But in the deepest sense, uh, given that spark of awareness in us being a direct link to that divinity, we are not really uh, separate from that divinity. And that's why that's something we come to know between lives. Uh, but we can all learn it through deep meditation. That's why I often advise people uh, to take advantage of the meditations provided uh, through sacred acoustics, the work I do with them that I talk about in the appendix, the map of heaven. But this is all something we can come to know. And this is part of what I see is the great um, ascendance of consciousness and of our uh, evolution of mankind today is coming to realize the oneness of the spirituality with our deepest scientific truths and recovering that memory that we are all together, that we are all one consciousness, and that in fact that one consciousness is very directly linked to the divine creative source of the universe. So I love everything you're saying, and I agree and I believe in everything you're saying. Something I really struggled with a long time ago, and I have a lot of conversation around this, and I want your perspective and your way of seeing and explaining it. Why don't we remember this? Why do we because feel so separate? It, 
Well, I'd, I'd say the, the most, uh, to me, the most clear-cut reason is this would not be soul school. These are lessons we're here to learn and teach. This is about the evolution of all of consciousness. And that's why that veil exists. I often uh, say that the veil is what prevents us from seeing what we do see when we leave our physical body. That is, uh, people who have a near-death experience are reporting back what is on the other side of the veil, which, again, we can all come to see without an NDE just by having an ongoing practice of deep meditation. But it really has to do with the fact that we're here to learn and teach. And I think an important thing to point out here is that from my perspective, we do not have infinite knowledge between lives. As much as we can become one with that infinite divine, uh, we do not end up gaining in a form that can be brought back to, to a human brain and mind infinite knowledge of all there is to be known. And that's one of the, um, what I see as a misperception that people have about between lives and about uh, kind of the knowledge that we can gain. And even my experience in that core realm, becoming one with that infinite divine, does not allow for one to bring back everything that is knowable throughout all of eternity and infinity. Uh, and that's a crucial part of understanding that. And, and it has to do with this being uh, kind of an unfolding evolution of consciousness itself. Right. So it seems to me as I've sat with this and meditated on it, the veil that you speak of, and they speak of in the Bible, we are born with veils over our eyes, is to give us this opportunity of free will and choice so that we get to be essentially the demigods of our experience on planet Earth. Is that that, that right? We are the co-creators. And I think it's important to point out that, in fact, uh, being incarnate in these physical forms, uh, especially with the emotional power you know, of what we live through in these lives with all the trials and tribulations, the, mm-hmm. all the blessings and then the apparent evils and darkness that we have to go through, the loss of a loved one, uh, and some of the horrible uh, injustices that we witness uh, in this world uh, is all part of that growth that we are mm-hmm. to go through. And we must have skin in the game. And that's yes. what being yes. incarnate in these physical forms does, is it gives us skin in the game. We actually care about it. This is where we we have that, you know, it matters to us down here. Uh, And of course, it matters to us souls between lives. But we but the way I see it, our souls are chomping at the bit to get back into this unfolding drama uh, (laughs) where they are temporarily dumbed down to everything that is known between lives and everything that is known to that higher set of evolving selves and of soul groups and of humanity. But this is how we learn, and this is how it evolves. And until we learn this lesson of love and manifest that infinite uh, healing power of the love of the creator for the creation, manifest that love for ourselves and for all fellow beings, Mm -hmm. until we pass that lesson, we're not even worthy of getting the next levels of this development. And there are tremendous levels of development uh, that are coming all the time through Um, because realize that this is not just about humans and and life on Earth. Uh, It's a much bigger picture. Not only that, it's not occurring just in the present moment as humanity would measure time flow. That was one thing that was very clear to me on my journey, is there's something I call deep time, which is uh, kind of the causal space of of causality in that higher realm, The, the causality that involves our higher souls and all of humanity and 
uh, all of it moving forward in this grand evolution of consciousness uh, at a much higher level is really occurring in that deep time. And you can see from that realm, as have many near-death experiencers, that looking back on this, this realm, and especially it becomes obvious when you hear people talk about their life review, you realize that the events of this life get stacked up in that life review in a form that is much more crisp and real and vibrant than when we live through them um, in our uh, physical incarnations. Because this is a very dreamlike uh, existence compared to the reality of that realm. Uh, and in that gateway realm, which I would say is where those life reviews unfold, you end up experiencing them in that very sharp and crisp form. And not only that, but given that a life review is there to teach you residual lessons from this incarnation that you didn't quite get right, that contribute before mm-hmm. your next incarnation, um, you end up feeling the impact of your thoughts and actions on other beings by becoming those other beings. A life review points out very clearly how the boundaries of self are very false. They are for instructional purposes that have to do with the, uh, the, you know, this being the stage on which the drama of that soul school evolves. Um, And that's an important thing to see. But note that the uh, time flow as we see it uh, is really a a very superficial stage that's set up just for the drama for individual lives and for uh, individuals participating in this evolution uh, to experience here in this material realm. But we have a much higher view of time and causality and the ordering of events uh, when we're in that gateway realm and beyond. Yeah, it's hard to imagine or fathom or comprehend, but I trust and believe everything you're saying. <laughs> well, it, it is very difficult to, uh, to see from this side of the veil. But again, just by being a conscious being, each and every one of us has the power to come to know the truth of what I'm talking about. And this is something that many people can discover through deep meditation and that you find once you get beyond the baggage of the linguistic and dogmatic uh, false sense of separation presented to us by conventional religions and realize that at their core, they all converge to a much deeper and grander knowing of the existence of that one God, of that uh, deity far beyond any descriptive words, um, and that we are extensions of that deity. Uh, And all this starts to make much more sense as you take that broader perspective and get into meditation as a way of go higher. You know, I kind of see it like with David Hawkins when he talks about power versus force ascending in our consciousness. It's like going into a high rise. The higher we go, the clearer things seem. Right. Exactly. And to me, meditation helps us raise in our consciousness so that we do see things from that higher perspective. We do. And And that's a real gift. And that, of course, is why I encourage people to make it a daily practice and Plan on doing it the rest of your life. I promise you the benefits will far make up for any time commitments. Yeah, and initially it can be kind of annoying and frustrating, but once you do it, I mean, my life, if I don't meditate, my life doesn't work. I go sideways. I am no longer centered. I'm no longer aligned and connected. So it really is such an important uh, practice for me and piece of the puzzle. So I like hearing you say this and, and talk about it and give people tools to do it. And, you know, just from a practical standpoint, uh, there's so much that comes to us from meditation. Again, when you realize you're not just going inside your own little mind, which is how I would have viewed it before my coma, but you're actually moving beyond the veil into infinite, uh, unlimited consciousness. Uh, And there are many inventors and artists, uh, humanists throughout the ages who have known this. People like Thomas Alva Edison and Albert Einstein, Salvador Dali, uh, 
uh, Beethoven and others have realized that when they get tremendous creative inspiration, it's not coming from within them at all. Right. And this is what we're trying to do is give people this gift of going into consciousness and realizing the tremendous wisdom that is there. Now, of course, this is bypassing that tiny little voice in our head. The voice in our heads is not our consciousness. You now, do that's, not, the, that's the beta brainwave state, right? When you speak yeah, of these things, it's going exactly. into the deeper alpha, theta, and you delta not, brainwave states. It's important mm-hmm. to point out one does not think their way into this. You're not, right. you know, those really intelligent MDs and PhDs out there who think I'm going to think my way into knowing this far better than anybody else. That's no. not the way it works. <laughs> this is by shutting up that little voice in the head that's tightly yes. tied to ego and to the false boundaries of self exactly. and coming to realize it by developing the observer self within us uh, that one can become a far greater knower, that there's tremendous wisdom that is available to us. But the first step is to shut off that little voice of the ego, the little linguistic uh, voice of the brain and the head, uh, and put it in its place. It is not your consciousness. That's not the truth of who we are. Right. So I have a quote here from your book that I love so much. Um, Love is the essence of heaven, and we would do well to apply this principle in our earthly lives as well, to truly love ourselves as the divine, eternal, spiritual beings that we are, and pass along that love to our fellow beings and to all of creation, serving as conduits for the unconditional love of the Creator for creation by showing compassion and forgiveness. We bring healing energy of infinite capacity into all levels of this material realm. Why, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're so smart. (laughs) That says a lot. I I think, you know, that that is not something that is, quote, smart. That is actually something that makes tremendous sense. It makes tremendous sense. And I think uh, that is one thing that so many people get. Uh, and why so many people are drawn kind of to my story and my presentations and what I'm trying to get out there. Um, but it really is, I look at proof of heaven and map of heaven as just reminders. These are not, you know, some smart guy coming in here and telling you how it works and giving you a whole new bunch of dogma to, you know, try and believe or disbelieve. Uh, it's really something that just makes a lot of deep sense. And and I don't think anyone would deny that, uh if we come, if we as individual human beings manifest unconditional love, of course, that is going to heal the world. What people think is that we're limited, that how in the world can you do that? You can't possibly get everybody here to practice unconditional love. Well, it turns out that to shift this whole world, you don't need everybody to do it. You, just you only need, to take need a small fraction. For it. Yes. Yeah, you need a small fraction uh, of souls to take this on and serve as those points of light. And given the, my journey showed me clearly, this is not about a battle between good and evil that could someday be won by evil or won by good. Uh, in fact, I came to see that that unconditional love, that beautiful light of the creator has infinite power to heal. It will overcome all the apparent forces of darkness and evil. All we have to do as individuals is remember that we are divine creatures that are infinitely loved by the Creator and bring that love for ourselves into this world in loving others. Uh, I I mean, it it was clear to me after my journey that most of the problems of this world start with the fact we do not even love ourselves enough. And that that was crystal clear. Yes, I got that years ago when um, my life wasn't working. It's like, 
It was because I didn't like myself. I didn't love myself. Therefore, I couldn't receive the love of my creator. And that became my personal intention. And that's why I wrote my book, to help people love themselves. And I think that has to be the foundation. That Well, it it is a foundation. And of course, we each have the power to do that. And as you realize that the best way to love yourself most fully is to do so by realizing the oneness that we all share. And that involves loving all of our, you know, ourselves, our neighbors, our, quote, enemies, et cetera, loving all beings. And the more we can do that, the more that brings that infinite healing power of that unconditional love to bear on everything uh, working in this world. Uh, It's a very simple message. It is. It is simple when you get to the truth of it. Another piece of the puzzle that I think makes perfect sense that you talk about is cultivating that quality of compassion for ourselves and for others. And that, in fact, God has compassion for us. Om has compassion for us because he knows how painful it is to be separated from that love for even an instant. Exactly. Yes. Well, that, that is it. And as long as we remember, you know, in the West, we have a little trouble uh, you know, those who are very religious, certainly in, with a Christian background, we have a little bit of trouble uh, allowing ourselves to fully overlap into that infinitely loving creative source because we're taught that we are so small and so puny and so finite. We need to uh, get over that. That's our but, ego but, saying that. <laughs> but it's important to get over that. I think in the East, the spiritual traditions still allow for one to get to where there are no boundaries left between the infinite loving power of the divine creative source and what we say say is, quote, self. But, of course, I hope people realize that by the time you've gotten to realizing that oneness and the divinity within us all, you really have gotten to a point where you've moved far beyond those false boundaries of self. Because it's crucial to point out that in a very deep sense, we are all truly one. And this is not just all human beings. And not just all life on earth, but all sentient beings throughout all of eternity and infinity are part of this evolving consciousness. And we really need to take on that mindset, which we can do in deep meditative states, I promise you, especially after you've developed, uh, you know, a few years of practice. And it's a very powerful tool to bring to bear. But we each and every one of us are infinitely powerful spiritual beings, all connected and ultimately divine in our nature. And I think once we start to open our mind to that and explore that as the truth, our lives start to improve immediately. Well, that is absolutely true. And I think that is one of the biggest gifts of meditation and helping to move people beyond those falsehoods of separation and of kind of isolation. Yeah, as soon as I started doing the meditation, I started experiencing a lot more synchronicity and God winks and support. Oh, and yes. It was sort of like God's going, yes, you're on the right path and heading the right direction. Keep coming this way. That is so true. Of course, that's part of uh, one of the gifts that I put out there in, in the book, The Map of Heaven, uh, the gift of meaning, that second chapter, is how every bit of this has meaning. You know, every bit of our existence is just rich with meaning. That's why you brought up synchronicities. They are so crucial to get every bit of this. Uh, there, there are no accidents, I often say. Uh, and it's so critical for us to recognize those synchronicities and the beautiful messages that the universe is giving us to help to nudge yes. us in the right direction. And I think to um, receive those synchronicities and acknowledge them with grace, graciousness, and gratitude, saying, thank you, God. And I think to me, that has expanded my personal love affair and dance with the divine. Right. I think that's a very good point. 
to be able to just receive with an open heart. And I think it just continues to expand well, as, we, as we do it. Like exactly. the gratitude. Yes. Open you know, I, 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 that's a beautiful point. You know, I point out towards the end of Proof of Heaven, I quote Cicero about gratitude being uh, not only the most important of all human virtues, but the parent of all virtues. Uh, from my point of view, ever since my coma in 2008, the only appropriate response to any breath I take is pure gratitude. And I think the more that each and every one of us can come to uh, kind of see the truth in that, uh, it, it gives us tremendous power uh, in, in growing into the eternal uh, and infinite spiritual beings that we all truly are. <laughs> well, I am loving and acknowledging the infinite, exquisite spiritual being that you are. And I'm so, so grateful you said yes to this conversation. I just think you're so precious. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, uh, and uh, you know, my blessings going out to all of, all of your listeners that they find this of some value in helping them in their lives. I don't know how they couldn't. All right. We have another minute, Dr. Alexander. How can people get more of you? I think the, they can start by going to ebenalexander.com. That's E-B is in Baker, E-N, alexander.com. Uh, and there's a lot of information there. Uh, certainly you can um, read uh, the books, uh, Proof of Heaven and the Map of Heaven, which you can get through that website or many other places. Uh, there also are a lot of uh, YouTube videos for those who don't have as much uh, uh, financial resources now. There are a lot of free ways to access my story. I would encourage you just to go on YouTube and uh, look at some of the talks I've given there. I mean, I'm just here to share my story, get it out to the world. This is all about making this world a far better place. I would also encourage those interested in pursuing meditation, which I would say is every one of you, uh, go to sacredacoustics.com, uh, download the free OM there, listen to it through headphones. Uh, that's a 20-minute meditation that can help you start realizing the power of this. Also, Sacred Acoustics is a beautiful, informative website it gets tremendous information uh, in very concise form to help people get into meditation and get into learning all that there is available to us in deep meditative states. And only good stuff can come from that. <laughs> yes, I'll say. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, Dr. Alexander, thank you again so, so, so much for your time and your energy and your magic and your generosity. So, so very grateful to you. And to my listeners, thank you for hanging out with us. It wouldn't be as much fun without you, for sure. So, so happy to be doing this dance with you. If you have any questions, comments, if you want to be in touch with me, go to my website, TammyBPhD.com, spelled with an I. I love to be in relationship with you. That is what this is all about. So God bless you. Keep dancing in your light. Celebrate being the unique version of the divine that you are. Onward and upward. Bye for now. <laughs>